it opened up legends and not just legends it opened up some deep legends cuts may the force force the force 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 the force will be with you always Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Each week, we dive deep into two Star Wars topics you need to know from the galaxy far, far away. As always, I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? I'm good. Today, in this episode, we're going to be diving deep into all of the Easter eggs shown in Episode 4 of Star Wars Andor. We have a ton of deep cuts, as well as going over our review for Episode 4 of Andor. So, let's hop right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Star Wars Andor. The best Star Wars thing I have ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. But we'll get into that later mm -hmm. on in the episode. <laughs> First off, I want to dive deep into the deep cuts. Star Wars Andor has been famously known as no Easter eggs, or they never said no Easter eggs, but a lot of people took it as that. But they said no fan service. But I would like to say I think that is a lie <laughs> uh, because there was a whole lot of fan service. But subtle very much in the mm -hmm. background blink and you'll miss it yep. kind of fan service what the heck are we talking about our, our new favorite anti-hero guy big stellan skarsgård's character he has a double life mm -hmm. and in on coruscant my favorite planet we <laughs> see him uh put on this air of a collector mm -hmm. so his his basically his clark kent of yeah. the Star Wars yeah. universe is uh, instead a, of the glasses, it's a wig. It's a, yeah, he's got a wig. <laughs> he's got this really like really awesome velvet, almost Purple like pajama robe. suit yeah. robe combo. But you can tell it's fancy, so you yeah. can wear it out, sort of thing. Very much like <laughs> classic Emperor Palpatine mm -hmm. being in like the politics inner circle type of outfit for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I could totally see. Big old Papa Palps wearing that. Oh, yeah. So we, we see him there. He dons on this persona of being a uh, collector. So he's got a lot of cool stuff in the shop. Mon Mothma comes in looking for some cool things. And as we pass through, we see quite a bit. Uh, I want to start off with the most exciting, and that is the Sith Stalker armor. Mm. At least the most exciting for me. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> well, there's some stuff that I'm excited about, but you go on. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the Sith Stalker armor, and if you're not familiar with this, this is the armor type. It's a, a type of Sith group that was specifically trained as almost like Sith assassins. They also had armor that was like grafted onto their bones and very painfully put on to strengthen their abilities. I don't know, that seems... That seems like it would be more of a hindrance and very inconvenient in many areas. Maybe, but apparently it worked because they were the best of the best. Right. Um, but why, why do we care about this? What the heck's a Sith Stalker armor got to do with a deep cut? This is a very similar armor worn by Starkiller or Galen Merrick from Star Wars The Force Unleashed. In the Sith ending, I'm trying to like be careful with spoilers, <laughs> but the game came out like... Over 10 years ago? Yeah. Although I haven't played it. 
So. Yeah, because of this game, you can play, you can get the good ending, you can get the bad ending, uh, you can get the Sith ending, you can get the Jedi ending, blah, blah, blah. You have an option if you do get the Sith ending. You are uh, grafted onto this armor, and it's got this really cool mask. This one, the one that's in the actual shop, though, has uh, a series of, like, spines out of the top yeah, of it. Yeah, it looks a lot more formal, like a lot yeah, more, like... like a priest Ceremonial or almost. whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they want to get fancy, they put on the little spines things mm-hmm. uh but in terms of everything else on like the helmet itself it mm-hmm. looks exactly like the sith stalker armor that star killer has yeah the whole face and everything yeah, yeah. including the, the sides with a little weird like roundness to it mm-hmm. basically identical the armor itself is different uh it is uh very different from what is in the um, the game. The game one almost has like a point on the center where this one is more of like a full breastplate almost. Uh, so it is different in that aspect. But it got a lot of us thinking, mm-hmm. is Starkiller going to be canon soon? And even just the fact that it's a, a nod to mm-hmm. a video game. And it's not the only nod to a video game. No, it's true. Because we get a lot of mention of a bunch of different things from video games. Mm -hmm. Most of them are planets, like the planet Gorman or Gorman. This planet goes all the way back to Legends continuity, and this is from Den of Geek. It is featured in the games X-Wing and Star Wars Rebellion. And in the Disney canon, it is the home of the biggest massacre of the Imperial, where stormtroopers open fire on peaceful protesters Oof. of the planet. Oof. And in the, in the episode, we actually hear Mon Mothma mention about the Empire closing trade routes to this planet, alluding to one of the biggest massacres that will happen in the galaxy involving stormtroopers. That'd be interesting if it happens within this span, mm-hmm. like if we hear any more about that. Maybe not this one, but right. probably in season two where we have that the next four years yeah. that are going to be covered. Yeah. We'll probably get some some mention of it because mm-hmm. it'll be interesting too to see how that affects one public perception of the Empire on all the planets that Cassian will probably be on, mm-hmm. and how that affects the rebellion and and what they actually get accomplished with them too. Yeah. <laughs> the next one that I was really excited about was Ricotta, not the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the Rakatan Infinite Empire. No. Yeah, the moment it was mentioned, you were like, <gasps> "What? What is this? Like, I don't even know." Like, <laughs> it's it w- like, "Okay, you gotta go. You gotta go look up the short after this." I'm like, "Okay, I it will." It <laughs> was a visceral reaction because on our Star Wars Shorts channel, we covered it, and we've covered covered it a few times. But the Rakata were this alien race that was millennia, multiple millennia before the Skywalker saga takes place. These, this alien species developed the first hyperdrives. They developed a lot of the early technology as well as pairing it with the Force. It was introduced in Knights of the Old Republic. Great game. They are one of the most awesome parts of Legends, I would say. Just be the whole idea of this infinite empire coming on over here. They eventually get taken out by some Sith uprisings and and the Sith taking over. But the amount of technology that they created was unmatched. They created one of the biggest spaceships and most powerful ships in the galaxy millennia before the Skywalker saga. And they talk about them because of the... Uh, little crystal, the yes. kyber crystal, which I guessed right. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that a kyber crystal? Uh, so yeah, Skarsgård guy. Uh, what is his name? I just keep on calling pre- him Skellen yeah, I know. Just because I think he's just got a great name, but Skarsgård. it's Luthen. Luthen. Okay. 
Luthen goes or is trying to last final ditch to convince. Well, at this point, he's already convinced him. He's to on stay. the ship on this basically Scottish Highlands planet yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, and he gives him the crystal. As like, don't take anything less than what two hundred thousand credits. I say like fifty thousand. Fifty thousand yeah. credits, but it's worth two hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. But it was kind of like a just in case sort of thing, like mm-hmm. a. It, if you it, need it to survive, here right. it is. But also, I need I want it, it back. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those again. They're doing these Easter eggs in such a great way because it's a blink and you'll miss it. Like it, if you, I know it, and uh, obviously partner of Uplink, Dinko. I was talking to him in that morning about it, and he was like, "There's something in the first nine minutes that will change everything that you." know about star wars or it, it it was basically a mind blow moment for him and around that 10 minute mark i was like okay what's gonna what's what is what's it gonna be <laughs> oh my gosh it opened up legends and not just legends it opened up some deep legends cuts it opened up something that is going to change or possibly open up the floodgates on that content because the way that disney's been working when it does bring something into canon it brings a lot of the influences and a lot of the facts. It's not quite, uh, okay, once it's in canon, everything it's mentioned is in canon, but it's heavily inspired and almost treated as like, with like Thrawn. Mm-hmm. The Thrawn books by Z- Timothy Zahn, the original ones, aren't technically canon, but they're regarded as legends spoken about of mm. Thrawn. Ah, so they may not be okay. true, but people in the galaxy are talking about this story that has not yet taken place or may or may not have taken place. They're, they're speaking as like this legend. I like that. Yeah. I like that because that feels, it feels real. Like it feels tangible. Mm-hmm. Like it, the thing, it makes you a part of Star Wars. It's not just like, I know a thing about Star Wars now. Like it's like, oh no, we're like, we're in it now. Like we're, we know the the rumors going around sort of thing like or like what people are talking about it's cool i like Mm -hmm. that i really like that well that's why uh dave filoni wanted uh or dave filoni someone uh, a part of the team of rebels wanted star killer to become canon Hmm. but felt that he was too powerful if they brought him in which is true to a sense but that's the whole point of it was this anomaly of the force in this child and then the whole implications of him being a clone in the second one possibly gives there was a lot there that is very very interesting and i think with this opening of again going back to the the sith stalker armor Mm -hmm. there's a lot there that could really open the floodgates if they did make him canon but i think there's a way that they could make him canon and also honor his past but also update it and put it in more perspective but he was like he's supposed to be stronger than darth vader Mm -hmm. he goes up against the emperor in the first game does pretty well against him like he is pure raw power that does not have the training yet to fully express himself. Mm. So that's the whole point of Starkiller is this very powerful creature. This kid that was taken and saved from his Jedi upbringing mm-hmm. who ultimately goes and uh, has a whole journey and uh, salvation path of uh, not wanting to be killed by the Empire and the Emperor not quite liking him, but Darth Vader f- seeing him as a strong tool. I love all the Rebels references and and just in his mm-hmm. whatever you call, I don't know what what is this the this antique shop yeah cl- slash like art museum art museum yeah high end 
for sale. I don't know. As the rebel <laughs> professional uh, on mean, on the podcast. Just because I've seen it once all the way through. Um, <laughs> do you want to go into some of the rebel stuff that we, we got covered? Well, first and foremost, there was the hands, which is really cool to see. Um, it definitely doesn't seem like it's from the wall, per se, that we see mm-hmm. it in Rebels. Um, but it's definitely like, oh, no, those are those are the hands of the three, what do they call them? Worlds the Between World Worlds. The World Between Worlds. Yeah. That, I don't know if that's, is that what they're called? Uh, they are called, um, it's associated with the World Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. There's this really awesome arc in the Clone Wars where you have good evil and then the father mm-hmm. who is the the middle ground between these two forces and in rebels season four apparently yep which i have yet to watch yep. but I, I stopped on season two because get, i fell off well it was it got so boring it did i know i would just put it on like the background yeah just to be like okay so i, I wasn't able to on, get through it and to yeah. get to season three and four Oof. where all of the awesome stuff yeah, happens all the good stuff happens yeah, so um, Ezra winds his way down into this very heavily occupied <laughs> area um, and to f- get to this wall to unlock this. Th- I don't even remember why exactly they needed to, but it ends up unlocking the whole like between time tra- trails and things. Anyway, that's how he rescues Ahsoka, all that. Um, so yeah, but he ends up, so he has to like move these hands in the correct positions to be able to... Mm-hmm. unlock it and get through the door. So yeah, really cool, really cool to see that. Yeah, and there's there. what, a mural that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big mural that you have to put everything in the right directions mm-hmm. with. That it, mural of, is also the three. going to be in the Ahsoka series. Mm. They've already released some um, some shots from the show and it's got, um, what's the Mandalorian lady's name? Sabine? Yeah. I think it's Sabine that's looking at it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why haven't I seen those? I need to see that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the, we're already getting mentions of it now. Like they're they're setting it up in a way that's very subtle and only like tr- true fans. Basically, people really obsessed with all the different parts and how they put together mm-hmm. are going to notice stuff like this. Another one, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Was um, Calicori? Yes. Yeah, yeah, really cool to see that, just in a different form. Because in Rebels, we see um, we see the poor man's Calicori. Yeah, we see a very wooded <laughs> kind of like building blocks almost. It looks it looks very chunky, very mm-hmm. yeah, very che- not. I wouldn't say cheap, but very earthy, very much like just well, what, what they what had is, around. What is this? So this is like an ornamental um, representation of the family in the Twi'leks, right? Yeah. In the, in the Twi'lek family, each person gets to, or each member of the family adds to it, and it just, it represents the family as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a family tree type yeah. thing where, yeah. like, grandma, wh- whoever starts it, who knows the origin of it, but, like, whoever starts it has, like, this stick, and then you keep on adding it, mm-hmm. or, in this case, this is a... A very fancy one. Very it's fancy. made out of like metal at, or silver or some like precious metal type thing. But uh, as it goes through uh, each generation, something is added on to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But yeah, the one in the show is very delicate and ornate and like mm-hmm. metal worked and very, very impressive, but also very easy to miss because it's so uh-huh. thin. You're like, 
It's yeah. Wait, it's, what's that? It's again one of those blink and you'll miss it <laughs> yep. type things. Yep. We also get some. We there's Mandalorian armor in it, mm-hmm. which also just speaks to. We were watching um, Star Wars explain Alex's video on some of the stuff here, and he was just saying how it it really adds to the weight of like the Mandalorian, like season one when he walks in in this full freshly made Mandalorian Beskar armor, like just how impressive it is. It is so impressive that Luthen has a full complete set which is probably worth millions of credits yeah just sitting there yeah some mandalorian really wants that real bad uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way he comes and breaks into the shop and is like give me my armor uh but yeah like it's it's super it's super cool to see that aspect of things of like this is another piece that just sets up the rest of star wars into this very hallowed thing almost mm-hmm. like they really take and value and just really give it the weight it needs in terms of the broader universe where like these people collect these iconic pieces just for the history and the galaxy for it but we as star wars fans also can uh appreciate it in terms of like oh my gosh he's got one of those things that is this over here in this mm-hmm. other show or movie mm-hmm. and and then on that side of things something that was super cool to see and possibly the first time we've seen it in live action uh were the sith holocrons mm-hmm. which i think is the first time we've seen it in action yeah obviously we've seen holocrons before in, in live action i believe uh but have we have we i don't think so we've seen where they were housed in the prequel trilogy yeah. i think yeah but not one physically in use yes. or anything like not again not just... one of those blink and you'll miss it things in the background they have the uh sith and jedi holocrons super cool which is awesome to see i absolutely missed it for sure mm. i honestly i missed all of this because i was just like into the story I mean, going you, along you, and then it's super engaging to <laughs> see is. both of these i mean mom mothma talking and they're planning the uh downfall of the empire and the beginning of the rebellion yeah and then you're also trying to pay you're trying to pay attention to that and then you're also trying to pay attention to all of the crazy easter eggs there was a wookie ceremonial garb thing mm-hmm. in the background and a horn a horn uh from the wookies mm-hmm. uh there was one of the naboo Gungan power shield shields, yeah Gungan yeah. shields yeah that was uh, super cool so that there was that in the background too, mm-hmm. and then just to kind of tie this off, some fun things is there were some Indiana Jones references. the The three stones in the Temple of Doom were in the background. You barely see them. It's more of those like I think those are what those are because they're right. Uh, they're shown right after you see, tucked away in the corner, this carbonite square that holds a whip. Oh. <laughs> So it holds Indiana Jones' whip. And Hilarious. This is, this is not the first time nice. we've seen Indiana Jones or Star Wars crossover like that. When Indy is uh, opening up the Ark, you can see, or or discovering the Ark in one of the uh, side poles that are supporting the, the ceiling, mm-hmm. you can see it uh, an R2-D2 and a C-3PO engraved in the background. And you can also see the Ark of the Covenant in, I think, Clone Wars or Rebels. One, one of the of two. The two. And you also see um, E.T., not necessarily Indiana Jones, but you see E.T. Uh, species in uh, Coruscant's senator room. Uh, okay. Yeah. So eh. the senatorum, or I think. Nice. Uh, you see that in there. So there's a lot of these crossovers yeah. from Steven Spielberg to George Lucas's World of Star Wars. Nice. So there's a lot of fun stuff there. Now, let's go over our review of Star Wars Andor Episode 4, Aldani. Aldani. 
Uh, so we, we get the big payoff of episode three. Uh, we see all these characters. Now we're getting to the, uh, the, the payoffs payoff almost. I guess, yeah. Setting up the next story mm-hmm. of, uh, okay, what the heck's Cassian going to do? He, he took the ride with Luthen, obviously. Yeah, duh. What does this mean? Uh, and Luthen gives him a choice. I love how he's always got these choices. Mm-hmm. I, I see three options here. <laughs> <laughs> One, I drop you off. You run, change your name, do whatever. Two, you come with me. We can really make a difference. Or three, you can kill me and take the ship. <laughs> Just straight up like, yeah, you have these options. One of them also includes killing me. But hey, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he knows what kind of a man he is. Yeah. So he has a choice here. If you do come with me, we can make a real dent into this empire stuff. We can really make a difference. We can take them and hurt them where they where it really hurts. The interesting thing is they so they land on this planet. Cassian has no idea what it is or what where they're going or what the the mission is. And uh, this ragtag group of uh, who knows what nobody nobody's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so there's these group of people who don't like the Empire are huddled on this Scottish Highlands-like planet, which was actually shot in the Scottish Highlands. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, you have these Love weird it. alien sheep with multiple horns. So good. Uh <laughs> Very gritty. I also love the diversity. This is the the most diverse group of people we've ever seen in Star Wars. When it was up there, I was like, we had paused it uh, for a second, and I was like, this scene right here has the most diversity of all of Star Wars. It's true. Which is pretty awesome. Humans. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we see we see uh, these group of people very run down. They've been living on this place for months. Mm -hmm. It seems Mm -hmm. one guy's been there for six years, seven years, Mm -hmm. something like that. Something. Uh, They they have a plan of uh, taking down the empire. And that plan includes Clem now, who is Cassian Andor. His his fake name is Clem. It's a horrible like, you name. Think the, you it's think you pick name. something better than yeah. Clem? Ugh. But <laughs> all right. Yep. You do you, bud. It's uh, <laughs> was it days away? A couple a uh-huh. week away? Something like that. Super. I, yeah, it was like super close. Five days, three days, something like something. that. I feel like three was in there. For, yeah. But. But every every three years or something like that, uh, the this spring of asteroids co- goes up, and it's this like hallowed religious experience for the natives of the planet. But because of the empire coming in, that's not a thing anymore, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But they want to time their attack of the imperial. They're like stealing the imperials. Um, Wages? Wages, as well as attacking their armory. Ah. There's the word I was looking for. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. And Cassian's like, this is a suicide mission. What have I got myself into? <laughs> and I like that like, when they give him like, the, or like, well, are you in? He's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> okay, fine, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so there's so much so much here that's like setting up this this second arc of the mm-hmm. show yeah so they have the first three episodes which is its own kind of story arc that sets up the next one this next story arc is okay let's take the first act against the empire let's attack them where it counts their money and their guns yeah <laughs> yeah and uh we'll see in the next episode when it actually takes 
takes effect. Yeah. Or at least get started. Yes. And probably everything goes wrong. Yes. And then the third one will have the payoff of everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think? Is, what do you think of this episode? Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. Uh-huh. There were so many moments. Because, I mean, there's the whole Cassian thing going through. But then we're also seeing um, Cyril's cut. Like him being cast out or whatever. Like him being fired. He's got... He's, Yes. Demoted at least, so fired we've got, up. We've got three story arcs set up here. Yeah. We've got Stellan, actually Stellan and Mon Mothma. Yeah, Mon Mothma is probably more. Yeah, so those will be the uh, Imperial Senate mm-hmm. type story arc of like way up at the top. Mm-hmm. You have this story arc, and then secondarily we have the whole serial thing, which mm-hmm. attack att- attaches to it almost in the same way. We get like an understanding of how the uh, politics or the inner company politics work in terms of how the empire actually gets run and reports mm-hmm. and uh, different areas that people have control of up high level that they send out stormtroopers to take control of more so uh and then we also get this third story arc which is the cassian stuff which is the main underlying theme that all of these other pieces go on top of yeah that's kind of we're all here for the cassian story but we're getting extra bits you know with the other two and it's just really interesting to see it so bringing up those three plot lines Mm -hmm. it's really cool to see that and get all these different positions so we have high ups on like the beginnings of the rebellion yeah and then we have kind of like middle grade of like the empire like the struggles with the empire within mm-hmm. itself like just these people thinking that they're doing what is right but also the consequences that they face and like what yeah. they're trying to accomplish and whatnot and uh, and then we have this like gritty grungy <laughs> bottom of the barrel resistance rising sort yeah. of thing really cool um I, i'm caring for cereal i know <laughs> Yeah, I know. Just seeing him get off this uh, transport and like walk in his little bags home, it's like, why do I care so much uh-huh. about you? You ugh, like uh-huh. stop this? How dare you make me care about you? And it was so pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I was like, yes. wow, this just feels so real. Like this is the most real that Star Wars has ever. Those felt. are all real locations. Yeah, the, the uh, airports section yeah. is like a, a tech tech office space is it really yes oh my gosh um the apartment building mm-hmm. complex is a place in london hmm. which is pretty cool um very Definitely very famous location <laughs> uh, let me see it's called uh brunswick center um very very famous landmark in london and has uh there's a few things that have been shot there I think uh, some parts of Blade Runner mm, at least sense. took inspiration from yeah. there. Uh, so, like, we're still not away from the Blade Runner feel to yeah. this because I'm here for it. Give uh, it, give it to me. This it's is like, so real and tangible. <gasps> so good, like you can taste it. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty and it's so ah. You can feel it. You can taste it. You can just like you get the whole experience. If you're just enriched in Star Wars, it's almost it's so real that you could be there. Mm-hmm. Even just like sitting around the campfire with all these, like you feel like you're there for some reason. Uh-huh. I can smell the smoke. I don't know. It's just yeah, like, and it's still Star Wars at the yeah. same point. It's not like oh, this there's some weird places to be, and it's like obviously it's shot on location. But no, that like 
they make the Scottish Highlands feel like Star Wars. Feel like a different world. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have all of these small pieces, the, the types of technology that they're using, the, the sounds, the feel, the um, closeness to the Empire, and just how like, you can kind of feel the ominence of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a lot there that you can really just feel that it's Star Wars. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like, the... The look and feel of it, the locations, the acting, the different story arcs that they have, the whole thing with uh, Luthen having this double life, mm. and then when he's yeah. like getting into the uh, getting into the garb of I it, love that. like he puts on a whole persona, like he practices it out, and he's just like, "Oh yeah," and then as soon as they get into the back room, it drops. I loved that. Like I loved seeing him put on this new character because mm-hmm. it's so real. Oh, and that brings me to the the gift that he gives Mon yes. Mothma the, with the two faces. Uh-huh. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like everyone. Everyone right now is two faced. We've got it's so oh, it's so telling, poetic, it's, yeah. <sighs> Storytelling using these different pieces. The piece uh, we don't really know where it's from, but it's uh, these two forces of like one face and another face, and then they all make up another face. Mm-hmm. So it's like two halves that also make a completely different whole. And, oh, it's just so, so beautiful to see these um, illusions. I just I just love how it alludes to everyone being two-faced. It's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and then another note, too, that just adds to Luthen's character. Uh, when he enters the town off of the ship, he's using a cane. Hmm. And then when he gets on his own... He does not using the cane. He's so dedicated to having these different characters and these different personas that he he knows when and where to use them, and also that they uh, add to his legitimacy mm. and furthering his disguise. Mm-hmm. See, he wants to be seen as an old man, on a, a worn down man, incapable of doing anything. So he's got a cane yep. to sh- just to show other people that, hey, man, I'm I'm disabled and I'm just an old man. Don't mess with me. I'm not someone to to really cause a tr- ruffus or anything like that or a ruckus. Uh, <laughs> and then as soon as he's in the place that he needs to be, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That whole persona is gone. Oh yeah, there's lots. There's lots to pick at Luthen mm-hmm. for because man, that he's he's a good character. Yes, there's a lot going on. The acting in this show has got to be the best in Star Wars. Oh, I feel like we've been hearing easy. that, and it's like yeah, easy. And I definitely agree. Again, that's a low bar to reach, but they have <laughs> very much surpassed that yeah. low bar. That bar is a lot higher now. Yes. Because <laughs> Star Wars isn't really known for its fantastic acting. Or its scripts. It's infamous for its rough around the edges dialogue and delivery but this this is the good stuff Mm -hmm. this is like people know what they're doing they're given the tools that they're they're necessary to actually deliver these lines well george lucas never claimed to be a good director of people and all of the in the the light and magic documentary and uh, another one that they had they're all talking about how yeah george is a visionary but he doesn't know like he he would just say hey you just do it this or faster more intense like that was mm-hmm. he didn't know he knew what he wanted but he didn't know how to tell the actors what he wanted he couldn't direct people. but when they were happening it's like okay that's it yeah. yeah he couldn't direct people yeah but he could direct the whole of it he actually right. hated directing but uh he was very specific and knew knew his world and wanted to to have that there, which is why he did it. 
mm-hmm. in the first movie. Yeah. But really cool. Excited to see where it goes in the future. And uh, hope you all enjoy these episodes as we dive deep into Andor and uh, the secrets in each episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the video feed as well. You can see clips from the show. You can see exclusive content that we made. Like last episode, we dove into the the political side. Uh, it's got this really really enticing title called is star wars too political and we dive deep into a topic from that was uh implemented in our, our discord and the discussion that we had with Zanyu, and just the idea of hey is star wars going too deep on the political side of things and and why we know don't think that's necessarily true and why it's really good that they're diving deep into that aspect of things so check that out on the youtube channel star wars uplink for all the goodness there As always, thanks for listening. May the Force be with you.